still got that crud going on in my chest, man. What's going on there? Matthew chapter 16. <coughs> I don't think I'll be losing my voice anytime soon. <laughs> so strange, isn't it? I feel like I'm losing it now, though. <coughs> it was a heavily booked commercial flight out of Denver. It was canceled. Uh, and a single agent was rebooking a long line of inconvenienced travelers. Suddenly, an angry passenger pushed his way to the front, slapped his ticket down on the counter. I have, I have to be on this flight, and it has to be first class, he insisted. I'm sorry, sir, the agent replied. <coughs> I'll be happy to help you, but I have to take care of these folks first. The passenger was unimpressed. Do you have any idea who I am? He demanded in a voice loud enough for the passengers behind him to hear. Without hesitating, the agent smiled, picked up her public address microphone. May I have your attention, please? She broadcasted through the terminal. We have a passenger here at the gate who does not know who he is. If anyone can help him find his identity, please come to the gate. As the man retreated, and everybody in the terminal applauded. <laughs> Do you know who I am? No, I don't know who you are. <laughs> You don't know who you are. You're in trouble. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to look this, this evening at identity and potential. You know, sometimes people can go through life, if they identify with the wrong thing, they go nowhere. If they identify with the right thing, the potential is endless. Amen. It's wide open. We're living in a very hotbed climate of identity today. <coughs> such a strange thing going on in our society. People, you know, flipping out about their identity. Amen. And, uh, but anyways, I do believe this evening that without Jesus, you really don't know who you are. Because when you get saved, there's a purpose, but there's identity. Because first and foremost, you were created by him. He knows who you are. He knows the potential you have, and he knows where he wants to take your life. He's the creator. He's the one that made us. Amen. And so we can go off and find our identity in a lot of different things, but God has an identity for us, and it centers on you and I uh, knowing Jesus Christ. Amen. And out of that, that definition there helps us to find the possibilities of God in our future. Amen. Matthew 16. We're going to pick it up in number 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I am? No, excuse me. <laughs> it's not even reading it right. Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? They said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the kings of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. 
Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. And from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to him, to Peter, Get behind me, Satan, you are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? For what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will, will reward each according to his works. Assuredly, I say to you, there are some standing here who shall not taste death, till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Amen. Identity and potential. Let's look first of all at the identifier. As I said earlier, uh, people today are, are just consumed with identity. Amen. But many times, I don't even know if they know how critical that is. I mean, people, people can change their identity anytime they want to. Like it really isn't that all that important. You know, I, I heard of students going to school and, and every day when they open up in their homeroom, they have to state what they identify as every day. I mean, can your identity change from one day to the next that quick? And one student in that same household, she's a girl, she has to identify every period. So you can, go to, you can go to math class in first period, I identify as a male. Go to social studies in the second period, I identify as a well, female, I guess. I don't know, maybe there's probably other. I, like identity is just, you know, thrown out there, amen. Missing, missing, uh, you know, uh, uh, it's like we're resolving this wrongly, if you know what I'm saying. You know, we'll, we will identify ourselves, amen, even if it's invalid. But we approach Jesus, we're serving Jesus, and we approach him, if you will, with flesh and blood identity. That's who I am. Just like, just like the Bible says in, in our text, we'll, we'll look at it in a moment. But, but we, we, we cannot... We can not only misidentify Jesus, but if we're not careful, we can misidentify ourselves because we have a limited view of potential this evening. Simon, he comes to him as Simon. He has, the, he has this name. And of course, family has a great deal to do with how we see ourselves and how we identify ourselves. It comes out of our family. Amen. This can be good. This can even be bad. Sometimes people come out of families of trauma or or rejection, or, or, you know, painful words being spoken. Uh, uh, you know, sometimes people refer, you know, to dysfunctions, like my father was an alcoholic, and so now I'm an alcoholic. And, and just how they identify and, and, and interact with the world. Uh, uh, you, you know, uh, you know uh, 
Are you identified, if you will, by what you do? Or are you identified, you know, like India, they have a class system. And people are born with an identity to a certain class, and it kind of just fits them into society forever and forever. Amen. It's just, it's just an interesting mindset. They say today that it's, it's not like you just go buy clothes now. Now we have clothes with status. So you can buy just a pair of, you know, rustlers, cheap junk from like Walmart, or you can buy some jeans with status. <laughs> I have a status with these jeans. Like, wow, man, if you're a jeans identified, you, uh, you're going to have a shallow life. Our pride, our self-interest, our ambition. Like Peter, Peter before, you know, Peter becomes the Peter we see on the day of Pentecost. What did he say? He said, you know, I don't care if everybody uh, denies you. I'll never deny you. He even compares himself to the other, you know, the other 11. These losers might go under the bus, but hey, I won't never do that for you. I will, I will face anything. It could be a lot of things, amen. You know, people wear sports gear. <laughs> Amazing how people wear sports gear and how it identifies them. And look at the look at the problem with politics. Politics, the pressure. There's a pressure today. What do you identify as? There was a man. He got his COVID shot, and uh, you know when you get the COVID shot, I guess you don't have to wear the mask. But he kept on wearing his mask. It's like, why are you wearing your mask? He says, I don't want anybody to see me and think I'm a conservative. So I'm going to wear my lap. I'm going to wear my mask because that's what liberals do. They wear masks. <laughs> they just wear your mask, man. But dude, he's that worried about how he's going to be identified. I mean, this this comes out of our government. You know, it used to be in my day. You know, if we're talking 60s, 70s, you didn't. A lot of people didn't have a party affiliation. They voted for the best guy. See what I'm saying? People voted for Jimmy Carter, man, like hands down. He was a Democrat and a half-decent guy. He was a lousy president, but he was a half-decent guy. You know what I'm saying? So when Reagan came on the scene, people voted for Reagan. In fact, I think even this state the second time voted for Reagan, or maybe the first, I don't know. I'm, I'm saying we voted for the, for the person. But something shifted in the 90s with, with the Democratic Party. They really pulled to one side. And the other party kind of pulled, you know, all of a sudden now we have two camps. It's not like who you vote for. You're not voting for a person. I mean, obviously you can see our president. They didn't vote for a person. The poor guy is losing it. I mean, unfortunately. And I feel bad for him. I do. I really do. He's, he's losing the cognitive. He's losing a lot of things. I mean, you listen, look at him. He's, look at his face. Just look at his face and what it looks like. Amen. He looks like an old person moving into dementia. I'm, I'm sorry. You know, I'm not picking on anything. I'm just simply saying. You just look at him. Physically, he's incapable. Amen. But we're not voting for a person anymore. We're voting for what we identify with. So it can be very sad. Amen. The first question toward true identity, I believe we find in our text. It's not so much who I am, but who is Jesus? Verse 13 to 16, when Jesus came to the region, Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Some say the prophets, Elijah, Jeremiah, John the Baptist. But who do you say that I am? That's the beginning of identity right there. 
Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. You are the Lord. What he says is the last word on identity. Not just what others think. I know what others believe, but who do you say that I am? What about you? Amen. You know, if, if you don't know who Jesus is, you'll never find your identity or you will end up missing it. I think about Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley is identified as the king of rock and roll. Whether you agree with that or not, that's, who cares, right? But the point is, is that he, that's how he's identified. But you know, he used to sit in the balcony of the Assemblies of God Church and weep. Because that's, what, that's really where his real identity was to link to, amen. He saw the fame and the fortune. It was destroying his life. The immorality and the drugs and the alcohol. That's not what God had for that man. Women used to ask him, lay hands on my baby and bless them. I'm telling you, there was something on that man's life, but it wasn't that the king of the rock and roll. I believe he was called to be a minister of the gospel. I mean, I, don't, I can't say for sure, amen, but when you look at his life, that wasn't what his identity was meant to be. He missed his real identity. And therefore, he missed his future. He missed the purposes of God for his life. Because he identified with something else. Fame and fortune and a big bank account. See, we have to begin right here. Jesus is our creator, our redeemer. He knows what we were born for. And he also knows what we were born again for. He has a purpose for our lives. Amen. And trusting him for our identity is absolutely indispensable. This is why when we get saved, the Bible says we are a new creation. We are new creation. I bring nothing into the kingdom. I bring nothing of my old identity into the kingdom. I'm a new creation. The old is gone. Behold, all things become new. My identity is now found in who Jesus Christ is and his plan for my life. That's where your identity is. When you are born again, amen, God knows what he wants from you. He knows the direction that he wants for your life. That's why you're a new creation. Doesn't matter what the old thing is. Well, you know, I came in the kingdom and I, you know. And that's what happens many times with famous people, right? They, famous rock stars will come in or whoever, you know, Bob Dylan. They come into the kingdom and immediately they become a famous, you know, Christian singer and everything. But, you know, the point is, is they're just, just jumping labels. And many times, almost all the time, they very seldom make it down the road. It's unfortunate. You see it time and time again. Only the ones that have come out from among them make it in the long run. Question is, what Lord is defining you? What is defining you tonight? Where's your identity at? There is a, I don't know if you saw it on, <laughs> on YouTube. Uh, it's a Judge Roy Ferguson. He, he, he's down in Texas. And... Um, presides over many um, hearings, and he's got this uh, teleconferencing platform, Zoom thing, uh, that he's doing with um, one of the lawyers. 
the lawyer's name is Ponson. And when his, uh, when his Zoom popped up, it was, it was a cat. <laughs> it was, it was um, what do you call it? It, it was uh, something out of a screen thing he had up there. So, so every time the lawyer talked, the cat talked. <laughs> it's pretty hilarious. And uh, <laughs> whatever his screen thing was, amen. And so, um <laughs> and uh, so the, you know, every time he's talking, this cat filter. So every time he's talking behind the, and the, <laughs> the judge is like, oh, excuse me, <laughs> you need to take that off the screen. We're in a, we're in a court of law, you know. And every time he talks, well, I, I don't know what, I, I don't know how to get it up. The cat's going, <laughs> You can look it up. It's funny. <laughs> Finally, he says, I'm here live. I'm not a cat. <laughs> Eventually, they got the cat f filter removed, and uh, uh, it was a laugh, and, and so on and so forth. Well, you know, sometimes we come in with filters as well. <laughs> and Jesus will help you remove the filter. Amen. So you can do what God has called you to do. Jesus is the source of our identity. That's what I'm going to look at secondly. Amen. You know, many times we want to carve out our own identity, right? You know, I'm, I'm a self-made man or a self-made woman, but really there's no such thing. And, and you know that, I know that. We're always really shaped by those who are around us. Amen. That can be good and that can be bad. This is why, you know, the company that you keep is so important. Because let it, let it be known, whoever you hang with, we're going to have a, 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 an influence on who you are. They're going to have an influence on your identity. It can be true with whatever you watch, you know, whether your social media, your internet, all these different things. It's just true, okay? You know, well, you know, that stuff doesn't affect me. I am who I am. No, you're not. You're just a product of a whole lot of inputs. So one of those, that, you know, one of the, that was one of the thoughts that really set me free, amen, that, you know, that I really am a product of a lot of other people. And so that makes me more dependent upon people. It makes me more, you know, thankful for people. Amen. People are, are adding to my life. They're adding to who I am all the time. Amen. And so that's, that's the blessing, amen, that I'm going to get to here in a moment. But, you know, Jesus, he lifts Peter's self-definition to another le level. Amen. You have been called Simon, but... He goes on to say, I also say to you that you are Peter. On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Amen. So he's, what defines you in the past, amen, is not, it's not the extent of your potential. You now are a new creation. You're no longer Simon, but now you are Peter. Amen. And so, you know, things change in the kingdom. Uh, what I was before had limited potential. What I am now in Jesus has unlimited potential. I don't know the potential of my life, but I tell you what, in Jesus Christ, my potential is a lot further and a lot larger than what it was before when I was just Simon versus now being Peter, amen. And so if you look at Peter, now he's not the first pope, amen, but he does have a role uh, uh, in this thing Jesus has come to do. What has Jesus come to do? I will build my church. 
your identity will always center on that. He's still building his church. Amen. And so in Peter's case, he's just simply uh, assuming a level of leadership. He's just assuming a level of leadership in building this church. So it's important, our, our identity, our potential, our destiny will be linked to the church. Amen. Who I am, as I just got done saying, is, is in big part shaped and, and chips taken off and molded and, and carved, if you will, by people in my life. My pastors, uh, my friends, amen, and even my new friends in Jesus Christ, amen. They have a way of helping me be who I am in Christ. But it's in the context of the church. The idea of me and Jesus is not a biblical concept because if it's just you and Jesus, you're going to be awful strange and a little bit wacky in your doctrine and in your belief. I mean, look at our text. These men that don't believe, that don't run with Jesus, right? They're not in the pack, if you will, or in the church. What are they saying? Oh, he's John the Baptist. Well, he's not even John the Baptist. Oh, he's Elijah. He's Jeremiah. No, he's the son of God, really. But as long as you're on the outside looking in, he'll always be John the Baptist. You'll never get it right. Your whole life you will be looking at Jesus as John the Baptist instead of the Son of God, the Christ, the Lord of my life. As long as you're on the outside, he will never be Lord. I'm not making this up. Just read our text once again. It's pretty sound. The church is Jesus' body. It's like this body, right? He's the head, the body. I can't be a head without a body. I can't be a body without a head. I know they can do a lot of things today in the science lab. <laughs> I don't think they've done that one yet. That's still science fiction. You know the story, right? If I ever told you, you've probably heard the story. I don't know if I should use it right now. It might blow what I'm doing. It's Ed the Head. Ed the Head, the little guy, he, he would sit on the windscreen, windowsill of his house and he would look out of his apartment. He was just a head. He saw all the kids playing down the street. They were all happy. And one day he went, oh, I wish, I wish I had a body. I had a body. And he knows, he knows that, you know, with the body you need a little bit more. So he wished he had arms and hands. I wish I had legs and feet. All of a sudden, he had a body. He was so excited. He ran out of the room. He's running down the stairs out in the street. Boom, gets hit by a car. <laughs> comes, out of the, comes out of the hospital. All that's left is his head. <laughs> Moral of the story, quit while you're ahead. <laughs> All right, that was pathetic. Let's get back to my sermon. Our identity tonight is linked to the church, amen. It's not an independent, isolated identity. What he does on the earth, he does through his body, right? He's the head, we are the body, right? So, so my body, you know, whether voluntary or involuntary, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, my hands are moving. You notice I'm walking around a lot because I'm, 
I'm like ADD, it's my problem. But you know, I, I walk around, I move around a lot, I just can't stand here. Like when I do song service, I can't stand, you know. You know, I never could stand in my entire life and I still can't. And so uh, here I am and, and you know, my body, my head is telling my body what to do. My feet are moving, my knees are bending, my fingers are going, everything's happening. All these things, amen, Jesus, he operates through the body. Things are all kinds of things for things are happening, amen. And the body is called his church. We can't separate ourselves from the church and maintain our true identity. Nor can we separate ourselves from the church and even know the true identity of Jesus. As I said before, Simon. Simon is the Old Testament word Simeon. When you look it up in the Hebrew, it means to hear or heard. And that needs to be amen. We need to hear the truth about Jesus. But then he's now called Peter the Rock. And you'll notice it's not just what he heard now, but it's what he speaks, right? You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He goes from a hearer to a proclaimer. A hearer to a proclaimer, amen. The church now is built on Peter, or it's built on Jesus being proclaimed, not just believed in, but proclaimed, amen. I will build my church on the confession of Jesus in the mouth of believers. Romans 10, right? If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. James 1.22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Our identity, our identity, amen, is centered in the church and through the church, amen, and what we're going to do in the earth, the body of Christ. It always centers on, I will build my church and whatever level we take in that. John Mc Paul McCarthy was a boy. He auditioned for a place in Liverpool Cathedral Choir. He's turned down. They didn't reckon he had much of a voice. John Lennon was raised by his Aunt Mimi. She spent most of, he spent most of his spare time in his bedroom playing guitar. Mimi looked at him one day and said, John, it's all very well playing your guitar, but you'll never make a living out of it. When Lennon made his first million, he gave her a silver plaque with her words inscribed on it. <laughs> and these two guys changed our culture, <laughs> really. Amen, but nobody saw their potential. The question is, would they have done it if they started solo? Amen. There's something about that collaboration and the band that really made the Beatles who they were. Hallelujah. The church, our identity. Amen. Let's look lastly at not flesh and blood. We have to come to the revelation this evening. In our flesh dwells nothing good. ever-present influence, obviously, that cannot be ignored. And we're going to see this in a moment, too. See, the dynamic here, you have to understand, this is a miracle thing. The dynamic here is a supernatural dynamic that's involved. Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And so the development of our potential amen flesh and blood doesn't build the church i will build my church 
a work of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We have a role to play in this. Amen. But our faith needs to focus on the help of God. And that's what happens here with Peter. He, he confesses, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. But it's a revelation from God. See, our default position is our flesh. Jesus speaks of the cross, right, in our text. He rebukes Peter. Why? He says, Peter, get behind me. You're an offense to me. He said, you are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. Because we can so easily identify through our flesh when we're not to identify through our flesh, but by the Spirit of God, amen, identify with what God is doing. My identify, identifying, my identification comes through Jesus Christ and his will. And that's what he's saying to Peter here. You know what I'm saying? Here you are, and this is my will. You're, you know, uh, 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 and yet you're identifying with the flesh. You don't want me to go to the cross because you, it's, it's really, it's, it's according to what you want. Amen. You're seeing potential for yourself, but not for the kingdom. I mean, you think about it. Here he is. He's got the doors of destiny blown wide open. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. I mean, there's whatever you bind on earth shall be, whatever you loose, loose. And then all of a sudden he slips back into flesh mode. Amen. Thinking like a mere man, not God's thoughts. He's identifying with his flesh and no longer God's will. And this hinders the work of God in our lives. See, that's why he goes on to say, he, that's why in the same context, he goes on to say, if you're going to find, you got to lose your life if you're going to find your life. Amen. The life that you identify with, I don't identify, that's who I am. Amen. And if I think through how I think or I think for myself, amen, I'm going to miss the potential and the destiny that God has for me. Not until I lose my life that I find it. Amen. It's not the path of self-interest. Amen. It's the path of surrender. How many know that living for God is an ongoing surrender? Ongoing. It'd be nice if I just had that moment of surrender and it'd be done and dusted. But you see, I'm just like Peter. You know what I'm saying? Not so, Lord. Get behind me. That's your flesh because you don't want to surrender. Your self-interest is kicking in. That's why those monumental words, not my will, but yours be done by Jesus in the garden, they're so powerful. But that's the posture we have to have. See, what we need is a faith posture, amen. What God has for you will be supernaturally accomplished beyond natural abilities and beyond your efforts, amen. You know, what you believe that God has a greater plan for your life than the one that's going on in your head right now. Will you believe that God can do more in your life than you can possibly even imagine? That's what causes people to sell out to Jesus. It's what God has for me. I have a future and a hope. I have an inheritance that's not just eternity in the sweet by and by. Oh, that's the culmination. But I have an inheritance that I'm stepping into today. Amen. And what God has for my life. That's the thing that causes us to hunger. That's the thing that causes us to leave everything and say, you know what, Jesus, I want to live for you and serve you because you have something for my life. I don't know where this is going, amen, but I know who you are and my identity is in you and I know where you're taking me. It's going to be great and it's going to be far better than I can take myself. And I'm not even talking about in my sin. I'm talking about in my flesh. Will you believe and step out and begin to speak and to serve? 
purposes of God for your life. So Peter's going to, he's going to experience failure. He's going to experience reversals. And the word of God is going to, uh, uh, you know, what, what's going to decline those or, or turn down those reversals is going to be the word of God, amen. He doesn't identify with his failures at Pentecost, does he? No, amen. He speaks. And 3,000 people get saved, amen. He speaks down the road and a word to the Gentiles, an open door. He opened the door to the Gentiles. He actually opened doors to the nations of the world when he went to Cornelius' house. Not just a Gentile, not just a non-Jew. We're talking the nations of the world. That's the potential, amen, of not my will, but yours be done. There are greater, greater things, greater glory than you can possibly imagine. Chapter 17, when you go right into the next chapter, amen, he's got the transfiguration. There he is hanging out with Moses and Elijah. You can go on and on and on, amen. Let's look lastly at this illustration. Author Heather Haveleski writes about finding meaning in the mundaneness of everyday life using Mozart as the example. Mozart's father, Leopold, viewed his son's musical talent as a miracle given by God. He believed that it was his job to help Mozart share his miracle with the world. In Mozart's time, composers weren't seen as exalted classes of humans. Musicians were exactly in the same position as other household servants, cooks, chambermaids, coachmen, sentries, court jester. You know, they were all in that kind of category. They existed for the comfort and the well-being of their masters and mistresses. Leopold Mozart, his father, didn't agree. He believed that his son should be displayed to the glory of God, as he put it. Mozart, who was often impulsive and he thought nothing of, of, thwarting, his, of, of thwarting convention, he rarely had enough money and he died young. But when you listen to his music, it's impossible not to believe that he was a joyful and deeply satisfied human being. Nowhere in her bio does Haveleski, this is the author, claim to be a believer. However, she encourages her readers not to prioritize accumulating wealth or social media likes and friends. Instead, imagine being told that you have been given your talent by God and you must honor God's will by manifesting that talent in your creations. If you didn't grasp that, she's not saved. Amen. She uses that analogy. But imagine that your life was given to you by God and everything that God orchestrated in your life be used for his honor, his glory. Imagine that. Amen. And then if you, you looked at your life like that, oh no, this is who I am. No. Imagine if you found your identity totally in Jesus Christ. What would that do to change your life? What would that do to change your life? Say amen. Identity and potential. Let's bow our heads this evening. If our heads are bowed tonight. Identity and potential. Amen. This evening... If you're here tonight, I want to just ask those that if you're not right with Jesus Christ, you're not saved tonight. Jesus, the gospel is plain. He died on the cross 
He was buried and he rose the third day. He shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. We're all sinners tonight. We're all separated from God by our sin. But you see, Jesus came to remove the sin. He said, I'll forgive you of your sin. I'll give you a new life tonight. If you're here this evening, doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done tonight. God loves you. He sent his son to die for you tonight to pay the price of your sin. And tonight, by faith, you put your faith in Jesus Christ and what he did this evening. The Bible says, in a moment of time, your sins will be washed away and your life will be brand new. Amen. That's what happened with me. I came to an altar one time. I, I simply prayed a prayer and I know what it was. I know that I asked Jesus Christ to come into my life. I asked him to forgive me. And I said, I want to live for you. That night, my life changed. My life has never been the same since that very moment in time. God did a miracle. He touched me. He changed me. God wants to do that for you this evening. If you're here tonight, you're not saved. You want prayer tonight. Will you just simply lift a hand? Say, I'm not a Christian. I'm not saved tonight. Will you pray for me? I want to give my life to Jesus. Here's my hand. I want God to touch my life. I want God to take away my sin. That's you. Lift a hand. Lift a hand. I want to pray with you tonight. Maybe you're a backslider. Maybe one time you've stepped into church. Maybe in your house. Could have been anywhere. You've prayed a prayer. You've dedicated your life to Jesus. But tonight you're not living for him. And you know that. You know things need to change. Well, it starts right here. If you just simply rededicate your life to Jesus tonight, you'll pray. Say, God, forgive me. Amen. Like the prodigal son coming back to his father's house. Amen. That's what God wants you. He wants you to come back home. Amen. Where you belong, where he, what he has a plan for your life this evening comes. If you're backslidden, all you have to do is pray tonight. Let God help you start the road where God has you to go. Unsaved or backslidden, you lift a hand. Say, Pastor, I need prayer tonight. I'm a backslider. I'm away from God tonight. Well, I want to give my life to Jesus. Is that you tonight? Let God help you, amen. Let God help you tonight, amen. Christian tonight, identity and potential. It's, it's very simple, just a quick, almost like a recap. Your identity tonight is important, yes. You see, it, it centers on who Jesus is. Is he Lord of your life tonight? You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are Lord. When you identify yourself as who, who's the Lord of your life this evening, amen, you step into an arena of identity. I identify with you. In other words, the Lord speaks into your life. He directs your life, amen. Not my will, but yours be done. And I, I guarantee you tonight, it will be in the midst of a people, amen. It will be in the midst of his church, his body, that he moves through, amen. You'll have a part to play in that, in the statement, I will build my church, amen. We know it's supernatural. We know it's the Holy Spirit. We also know it's his body moving into the earth, you and I, that we are made together, never on our own, amen. See, these people that were not with Jesus, they're calling him John the Baptist and a few other things, but that's not who he is. As long as we don't identify him correctly, 
we'll never find our identity in. And that's the right one. You lift it. And the potential that that brings. And we see that with Peter. Amen. He goes from Simon to Peter. He heard it. Now he proclaims it. Day of Pentecost. Preachers. 3,000 get saved. Gentiles. He opens the door to the nations of the world. Through one moment in time. Amen. You see, that's what God has in just for us. This man called Peter. He had a future, a destiny in that. Your potential is greater than you think of. You have to lose your life, though, to find it. Lose your life to find it. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's stand this evening, open the altars tonight, allow you to come and pray. Who's the Lord tonight? Where is your identity this evening? job? Is it it in your career? I'm a plumber. I'm a lawyer. I'm a doctor. No, I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. That's what defines my life. Amen. Identity and potential. Sing that song in the secret. Loud used to pray tonight. In the secret, in the quiet place.
Father, we love your name. We give you glory and honor Thank you, my God. Hallelujah. Praise your name this evening. Worthy to be praised. Identity and potential, amen. When we identify with Jesus, the potential opens wide up, amen, for what God has for you. And if you dread to lose your life, you'll find it, amen. Surrender, not self-interest, amen. Something we do battle with all the time. Because the way the way we go into eternity, amen, that's going to be the battle there. Hallelujah. But we can win, amen, if we seek Him out day and night. Praise God. Let's bow our heads this evening and pray tonight at these altars as long as you like. Uh, amen. No one will disturb you tonight, but we're going to bow our heads and close in prayer. Phil, would you pray? Amen. Lord bless.